episode 26 of the IntelliCast podcast, brought to you by EMI Research Solutions. My name is Adam Jolly. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brian Lamar. Hey, good morning. Oh, my gosh. What a great morning. We've had a wonderful August. <laughs> it's been eight days of bliss. We've had 70-degree days. Windows open. It's almost like... I like the last couple of days where it's like it's rainy at night or in yeah. the morning and real dewy. Yeah, and the, it feels like I'm in, like I live in the mountains. Yeah, foggy. Yeah. Like you. Yeah, it's yeah, Appalachia out there. <laughs> we went to um, Pigeon Forge. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm every time I turn the corner, I expect to see Dolly wearing a coat of many colors. <laughs> right. Yeah, I feel like we haven't done this in a while. Uh, do a podcast? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I forget about it a lot. No, um, <laughs> we've been traveling a lot. Summertime. I mean, yeah. Uh, Apologize for our listeners. Yeah, I know everyone's just waiting like, man, I subscribed to them and I haven't gotten any updates. Guess I'll go (laughs) join one of these other 50 market research podcasts that are popping up. Yeah. it feels. You know what it feels good to be? A trailblazer. We kind of did, didn't we? Were we kind of the first? I'm sure there was somebody before us, right? Uh, But I don't think so at the same time. The longest current probably. We started like, what, a week before SEMA? Yeah. <laughs> Take it, Seema. <laughs> She's the best. And all your wonderful guests. Yeah, you have the best guest list ever. A great interviewer and respect among the industry. And I mean, she has a great production, too. Like the music. I might have to talk to her. Like, what is she doing that we're not? Can we borrow her producer? She has a great voice for podcasts. Very calming. I just want to hear her talk more. The Rolf Swinton was awesome. Yeah. Um, are you excited about the uh, new and the iHeart Market Research one starting this week? Um, yeah. Should be good, right? Yeah, it should be really good. Um, is that the Jamin one? Yep. Yeah, he's awesome. So. Jamin's an awesome person, <laughs> so I can't yeah. imagine this to be bad. He'll get amazing guests. Sure. Um, so, yeah. I mean, I guess there's room for another podcast if he's going to do it. I wonder if he's going to be talking about like uh, the socioeconomic repercussions of LeBron leaving the Cavs. Yeah, what is he going to talk about? There's he'll get hopefully he gets more into the business element. Will there be an Andre the Giant impersonation in the first five podcasts? Will he rank the seasons? <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, Intellicast, if you'd like to be a guest on Intellicast, if you have any topics, any uh, Mount Rushmores, any research rants you would like to hear on, you can reach us at Intellicast at emi-rs.com. Reach out to EMI on Twitter, EMI underscore research. Intellicast1 is also on Twitter, as well as my own personal Twitter, Adam Jolly, J-O-L-L-E-Y, all in the uh, one word. Brian, still no Twitter, right? No Twitter. Uh, are you going to, what if you go on like Google Plus? <laughs> like it's just you and Alex Jones. It's Alex, oh yeah, he's always the only one he's allowed on. Yeah, he's only allowed on there. Okay, um, maybe I will go back to Google. Why, why didn't Google Plus ever make it? The backing of Google is it like the best, worst thing that ever failed from Google? Wasn't there like a Google phone was pretty bad? Oh, yeah. Um, I want to say there's a couple of Google things that have failed. Google Plus has so much potential. Google surveys. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's been some things that have failed, but I think you all, you get a head start when you put the Google name on things, right? Yeah. Uh, I made an Alex Jones joke on Twitter the other day oh, that boy. like, what if Ale- like the WWE hired Alex Jones and he just became like a heel manager and he could He's come perfect. out like if he came out and was like wrestling's fake. But my client really hurts people. <laughs> he was like a heel manager. Wouldn't that be great? And he had his shirt off and stuff. He's bouncing off the ropes. There's something there. There's something there, but I think, and I don't know, you'd know this but more than I would. Yeah. 
I would think most wrestling fans and hardcore wrestling fans want him to be like a hero, not a heel, right? How dare you? But yeah, maybe. I think you're a little bit in the minority. Yeah, I am in the minority. I was like, love to him be like, the Montreal Screwjob was a hoax. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Just come out and reveal stuff, and that's his whole yeah, shit. They're actors. <laughs> <laughs> that, would be, that would be really cool. That's really good. Uh, let's talk about the news. What's going on in market research? You know what? I'm going to say this. Busy few weeks. Yeah. For the summer? Some fun topics since our last podcast. Number one. We'll talk about the MRIA shutdown in Canada. Yeah. So this would be the equivalent of the Insights Association right here in the United States, just shutting down. I think it is. All right. I think we're. Get, I think I know where we're heading to. Uh, I have seen a lot on LinkedIn. I, I yes. have not realized how many people I'm on LinkedIn with on, yes. in Canada. Um, there is an interim group uh, creating a task force to create like a, a new industry association, a new lead, like a new governing body. Um, Brian, what are your thoughts on this? Well, yes. Um, I don't want to downplay this too much. But, like, does it really matter? Do we need another association? And, like, I wasn't really aware of it. I'm sure that Canada has unique marketing research issues because of, I mean, it's a giant country where a lot of the land mass are very different than the people that live within, I don't know, 50, 75 miles of the U.S. border, which are basically Americans to the north, right? right? And they have the whole Quebec thing. Um, by the way, our producer is really shaking his head. He does not agree with this. Oh, I forgot. He's from Canada. Yeah, he's, he's, he's from Canada. But, I mean, can't the Insights Association handle this? I mean, and what, where were these people, the, uh, the 40 people, many of whom I respect, I understand, but where were they, you know, a month ago trying to help them out? That's- uh, yeah, there's kind of an issue there is like, do you need a governing body? But then if you do need a governing body, are there enough already that you could be absorbed into, right? Right. So I think like the GLC yes. region of the Insight Association like yes. can easily bring in Toronto. Right? <laughs> right. Right. Why couldn't we? And the and entire Ontario. Ont- we'll take there. Ontario. We'll take Ontario. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and then at the same time though, like, I mean, that would feel like if you're absorbed by, and now you're under the, like these United States type rules, like that doesn't feel good. You know, anytime there's like a consolidation of governing bodies and you're one of the people that are consolidated into it. You little great. brother. It's, it's happened a few yeah. times to Canada. So let's like, this is like, I don't, I can't imagine that's good. And, and there has to be some resources that a governing body gives and to me. It's great in that I don't know how long the MRIA has been around, but I think if any time you can hit kind of the reset button on things, especially now that we seem to be in kind of this tipping point of new things that are coming up and new policies to be written, everything from um, GDPR and what effects are that going to have on North America, as I'm sure that wave is coming our way and you can kind of yeah. rewrite how things are going. Um, sampling issues, market research, um, passive data collection. Um, blockchain, whatever, like all these yeah. new things. Like now is a great time to wipe that slate clean and start over. So yeah. maybe this is a blessing. We haven't seen, I mean, it's hard to see right now because all you, you're left in kind of the dust of the demolition, but maybe it is a blessing. Uh, Canada's part of the EU, right? Can they just join SMR? Aren't they in the EU? I don't even know. I think you're thinking NATO. 
Oh, no, I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> but yeah, they could join SMR. Um, I don't know, but yeah, but there are definitely some unique challenges to Canada, and we we see that every day in our world. I mean, it's it's hard to get good sample in Canada, especially the numbers we need. And I mean, a lot of it's just education. Like we expect the same numbers, I think, in Canada that we get in the U.S. When in Canada, really is like. Canada and Australia, everyone's always yeah. like, well, it's English-speaking, so it has to be the same. Right. I'm like, There's no. Not that many people that live in Canada. Canada, Australia, and Florida are <laughs> right. all completely different. Right, exactly. So there's like, what, four or five big cities in Canada, and then it's kind of like the Midwest almost, you know, the whatever that version of, I don't know what you call What do you call the Midwest equivalent of Canada? Not really. Okay. What's in between? <laughs> tell me this about Canada. What is in between Vancouver and right. like Toronto. Toronto, yeah. What's that? Is it just Wild West? A lot of farmland. Oh, really? Right. Big cities. Is that where you're from? No. And that's like two thousand miles, right? At least two thousand miles. Is there like a Kansas City equivalent in Canada? Is this Saskatchewan? Calgary? Yeah, Calgary. You gotta watch your CF. You watch CFL. Yeah. So Cal- I would well, think uh, Calgary. The Calgary Stampede. Yeah, very good. All right. Thanks. And there's um, who else is over there? Edmonton. <laughs> Winnipeg. Yeah, there we go. All right. That's I'm like, back in now. That's in like Kansas City, St. Louis, and like Iowa City. Des Moines. <laughs> right. I don't we're, know. Yeah, we're the Des Moines of Canada. When that's how they, people in Winnipeg introduce themselves. <laughs> right. It's pretty good. Um, I, hope they, I hope they get it together. I'm, I'm just kind of – I hope, they, I hope they, this works out because I there's would, a lot of yeah. people on there. And I like a lot of those companies and people that are on. I hope it works out for them. That's all. I agree. Uh, next topic. This is kind of a stretch, and this was this is kind of a. Uh, I'm going to say this is like a Hunter S. Thompson type thing, to where like he would be a journalist and make the news, like yeah. he would produce the news to then report on that news. Yeah, and that's where we are with this next topic. Oh boy, here we go. Uh, so this week, I mean, over the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of blockchain talk come up. I think it started in June with IIEX and the big push, and they had the blockchain competition. Um, since then, you've seen uh, seven, eight companies start up, really start to push more. They're doing more blockchain right. um, in the research industry. Like it really, um, it affects everyone. It really kind of changes the landscape. And that you know, the idea of a blockchain is like cutting out middlemen, like at its base. Like before you get yeah. into the cryptocurrency, before you would get into the KYC and how great it is for like verification of of who you're interviewing. It's basically like how can we get the people that want the data. To the people that have the data. Yeah. Right. And cut out, like maybe that's a full service market research firm that gets cut out. <clears throat> a lot of times that's a panel company that gets cut out, but like what are, like what is that line? And so there's been a ton of talk lately. And this week, yeah. um, we haven't really seen like a panel company come out and say, like, here's our stance right. on blockchain. Right. Right. Um, now we've been in rooms with panel yes. companies talking about blockchain before. Individuals are. Right. But corporate entities certainly. I don't know of no one that's even written anything until this week. It changed this week when uh, the current CEO of Research Now, SSI, Gary Laban, came out with a blog post talking about blockchain um, and how Research Now, I guess Research Now stance on blockchain and where they kind of see it going and where they see the role of Research Now, SSI, within blockchain. Um, I obviously have some thoughts. I came out. Um, immediately and wrote on LinkedIn my thoughts on the article, um, which I'll get into in a second. Will probably be in my research rant, but I wanted to give it to you, Brian, first to talk about what were your thoughts on 
not so much blockchain because I think you're in the yeah. camp of me where like we're still trying to figure this out. Yeah. And what our role will be and what everyone else's role will be. Yeah. Um, but what about the number one largest panel company? Yeah. Coming out against a new technology that seems to be a competition of them or an evolution of them. Yeah. Right? So first of all, I mean, kudos to, to him to writing this and being the first kind of to make a article on it. Okay. The first half of it, I kind of agree with. He kind of sets the stage, defines blockchain and kind of the benefits pretty well. I think the first half when I was reading, I'm like, Oh, cool. This is kind of cool. Um, but then when he basically kind of is, very like we're the best at everything and blockchain there's so too many questions it's not going to solve anything i think he downplays the benefits well he doesn't um, really give any benefits he talks about how it's why it's a fad and some of the negatives to it right absolutely right. and then he also he doesn't acknowledge kind of the third party passive data um elements of it he doesn't acknowledge the um part where respondents or consumers will be monetizing their data at some point in the future. And my biggest disappointment of the article is that we are traditionally a very um, non-innovative industry, right? I mean, the biggest players in our, and we've talked about this before, the biggest players in our industry are the same biggest players we had 30 years ago. I mean, Ipsos, Kantar under a different name, and Nielsen, right. and Research Now, and SSI. We, I mean, we could have had this conversation 30 years ago. And we haven't evolved very quickly. And now we have technology that seems to, we're embracing it. Primarily, I think IX is doing a lot of great for our industry by bringing in, I mean, just a ton of blockchain people and people who weren't in our industry and just having the conversation and exposing us to it. And here's our biggest, one of our best brand names in the industry, basically poo-pooing on it. Yeah. I mean, I want them to be a visionary. I want them to lead this topic. And I think that I used to think maybe they, we needed them to lead it. And we needed them to be a visionary. I don't think that anymore. I mean, I think that it'd be nice if they did because they, I mean, they, they're clearly the best brand name and they have a great panel, a lot of great people there. We, we both have friends and former mm -hmm. coworkers and a lot of smart people work there. I'm just disappointed about their stance. And this, I mean, his views doesn't represent everybody at the company. We know that. But I want them to take a stance. Hey, we're investigating this. We think it might change the industry. And who knows if we mess up, but we want to, we want to lead the charge. Uh, that's what I kind of wanted to read, and I got nothing out of that. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah, I think I start there with, like, um, so Research Now is a competitor for EMI. Um, and there's somebody that I've, you know, I've been selling against for 12 years. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, like, I'm not naive enough to know that without their brand equity without their name in the industry, without some of the things that they've done. Like like think about now, like some of the hot some of the newest, hottest panels out there, like this, uh, like Active Measure and Protege, are like those points to shot, those kind of referral type programs. And that yeah. really started with with research now or with yeah. e rewards, right? Absolutely. Like they started that. And like what they have done for for quality in the industry with some of the ways that they have verified people. Um what they're doing now with people like Melanie Lee in this case on on case, right? And like yeah. all those type things. Like like they've done so much for the industry by being a leader by example yeah. right um to where like emi does not exist without research now i, I strongly believe if you do yeah. not have an alpha number one <laughs> it makes it hard for you to complete i mean it's the same way as like you know um kevin durant yeah isn't selling shoes 
Yeah. If LeBron James isn't the best basketball player. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Like you need someone to be like the face and research yeah. now is the face. And I'm very grateful for them for that. However, views like this are the reasons why the industry are moving forward is the reason why there are disruptors in the industry. Yeah. Um, I'll start with that. What research now finished sixth in the, um, IIEX most innovative companies and then come out with a, 2,500 page essay on how they're not going to innovate, how innovation, this type of innovation is foolish and they need to stick doing the way they are. Um, that's the one. I mean, if I, if I was IIEX, I would say, I don't need your money. You can shove your platinum sponsorship. You've poo pooed on what we just focused three days in Atlanta talking about. That's just me personally, right? Like, yeah. like if you were like IIEX as a comp, as like an organization, yeah. you spent three days really focusing on the future of research and, yeah. and blockchain yeah. in particular. And now your head main sponsor is coming out and saying what you talked about for three days is trash and the, we, the, what we've been doing forever, which spits in the face of innovation is the right way. Right. T- t- keep your money. Right. Yeah. Anyway, that's a side. That's I, good. I got a little upset, but. I think the part, the part that made me the most upset about was, and I put this in my LinkedIn share is the quote, um, in our industry, intermediation by established and proven market research panels generates a high degree of trust between market participants as well as fulfills the requirements posed by the new privacy reality, which I do not know if in market research, more of a fallacy has ever been written as opinion. <laughs> well, he's new to the industry, right? He's he's been CEO for a couple of years. He came from WPP, like the ad world. Yeah, I don't think he quite gets it yet. Then don't say anything, right? right? And we're gonna get attacked for this. Hope I mean, I guess, right? Someone's gonna come after us for this. Yeah, uh, sure. I'm okay attacking yeah. someone who's being yeah. ignorant. I'm I'm totally yeah. okay with doing that. I agree. That statement was not really. Not it's. I mean, it's. I don't. I don't understand. It's. It's just. It's using. Um, I know this is kind of rare where we are in the world today, but using your influence and power to voice a concern that fits your narrative, which may not be the correct narrative. Right. <laughs> That's kind of like. <clears throat> society right. right now. Right. But that's, um, that's where this blog post came off to me. If I was, I, I would love to see research now do what they always have done and be at the forefront and use the $280 million that they're making per year. Actually, I think that's 400 now when you add in the SSI and try to figure out blockchain for everybody. Yeah. Cause blockchain as its design is the more people you have playing in it, the more respondents you have going through contact agencies, the more, you know, KYC that you have, the more verified respondents is it's so much better for the industry. The more players you have in it. Yeah. Um, because it's more decentralized and it's just better for industry as a whole. And then you could use your research now SSI talents of being unbelievable salespeople, unbelievable analysis, great customer service, and then be the best at that. Yeah. Like, you have the position by being the largest elephant in the room to own this and make it the best and change how the industry is run. Yeah. You cannot deny that this solution to quality is better than the current solution for quality. Yeah. You can't deny that. There's challenges, but you can be part of the conversation to right. fix those challenges, right? Right. Yeah. And, you know, in my hang is with blockchain is really like, you know, where's the money? 
sometimes like if I'm in vet, like how am I supposed to make any money as a, as a company, especially like if everything is so transparent, um, my challenges are like, do you want more power to respond it? Because in some ways we always say like, sometimes the professional respondents are good because they know how to take a survey, <laughs> you know, like they yeah. know like how to express their opinion. Yeah. Like, so there are holes in the blockchain technology and like, and who's the contact agency and how do you, you know, what cryptocurrency is best and how do you translate that into actual dollars? Cause nobody wants point oh 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 one Bitcoin or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a, those type of things. That's what you should have wrote in the article. Yeah. But instead of doubling down and saying like, we're doing this right and permission based is the way like yeah I don't do, get do it do you think he because they're primarily VC owned right I'm, I'm correct yeah. in saying that right so yeah. VC companies do not like risk is this blockchain topic a risk to a lot of venture capital money who's expecting a certain amount of return in the short term and long term yeah therefore they're kind of forced to make this statement and not not like Shake it up and not. Oh, it's a total risk, right? Yeah. So to them, blockchain is a they're because of VC money, and yeah. I might be ignorant of this topic. I don't know. No, because of the VC money, they are kind of forced into this, and they're also. I mean, they're still going through this giant merger with their consolidating companies, and I mean that, that's got to be a huge challenge. Sure. Alone. And all of a sudden, here comes this blockchain. It's bad timing for them, for yeah, sure. Yeah, it's bad timing. We need them to lead. Um, it's not good timing at all. Um, so somebody else is going to lead. Well, yeah. I mean, on the surface, here's a technology that's coming up that's saying that they're going to be more quali- qualified than you. They're going to give respondents more money to take their surveys, which means, obviously, if someone has a chance to do through a blockchain a $4 survey versus a 50 e-rewards dollars, mm-hmm. which is like 50 cents, they're going to take the blockchain type survey. It's going to cut off your supply. Like, I get that. There's threats in that sense. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like... You could make it better. You could do something with it, yeah. you know. And and also, there's the VC argument because, like, if you look at like some of that, I just want to get like into the dollars part. Like, because everything is so transparent on the blockchain, if you're going to say that 70 percent of your CPI goes to the respondent, there's probably a fee that most contact agencies or whoever the middleman charges of yeah. say like 20 percent. A lot of times they're doing percentages, so say it's like 10, 15, 20. Then all of a sudden you're operating at like a 10 to 20 percent. Margin, yeah. On our sec, like a, a venture capital person will punch themselves in the face if they were like, "Look, yeah. I know we've been operating at like 50 percent. Now we're at ten to twenty. Look at all the overhead we save, but still, yeah. like your margin stinks. Like yeah. that hurts to think about on the business side. Yeah. But um, should business keep you from doing the right thing in the long run, and what's right for your industry in the long run, what could be right for your business in the long run? Probably not. Yeah, I agree. Also, you would think that. You know, the, as blockchain innovates over time, yeah. eventually there's going to be the third-party passive data. And Research Now is in a unique position. They've had relationships with the eRewards partners, which are like American Airlines, Hilton, right. uh, American Express, I think. And there's a lot of big brand names on how they built that panel. And that's why it's so strong is how they built it. That they could leverage that. You would think, I'm sure there's smarter people than me thinking about that. Sure. Research now that are, they're doing of course this, there is. Right? Um, but, <laughs> <laughs> of but, course there's smarter people than you. But yeah. like, that's, that's such an advantage for them. They could be leveraging that. And so right. instead, maybe somebody else is going to try to leverage that. I agree. They're better than this. Maybe they will ultimately be better than this and kind of change course and do something. Or maybe there's something beyond blockchain. Maybe, maybe there's bit. another blockchain that goes over top of the or you know yeah. some kind of difference that they jump into that and they do it right um 
right now it seems like the conversation is closed though. So, um, we'll see. I think there, there, there's still redemption, um, yeah. from this. Well, one other topic on this. Did you notice that they claim they had 60 million panelists? I mean, isn't that the point of blockchain is that your numbers don't matter and they're all lies? Well, I looked it up. <laughs> okay. Research Now, which is a collection of three companies, claims 11 million. SSI claims 17 million. That's 28 million. That's assuming no overlap. Right. Let's say there's 0% overlap. That's 28 million. And then he said 60? He said 60. I don't know where they're getting panelists. I guess maybe panelists includes maybe people that aren't impaneled. I don't know. Right. I feel like he's really. I feel like that was almost. Well, no. I mean, I think it's awesome that they're saying sixty. You count twenty-eight, but they still generate a high degree of trust between market participants as well as fulfills the requirement posed by the new privacy reality. Yeah. I wish I could cuss on this podcast, but moving on. Yeah. Um, we're not going to. I don't want to eat. I don't want to eat. It scares me. My mom listens to this. Um, all right, Brian. Let's jump into some current events. Yeah. I feel like we need to cool down a little bit. <laughs> yes. Uh, let's do a Mount Rushmore for old time's sake. Okay. So it's, it's Mount Rushmore season, first of all. Yes, yeah, true. Yeah, Summertime. True. I mean, what are you going to talk about? Right. The Reds? <laughs> uh, I'm done with MLS. <laughs> great. Let's do... Um, we like to talk about sports. We like to talk rank sports people. Uh, but we've never done like 21st century athletes. A Mount okay. Rushmore... Since the year 2000, okay, the greatest athletes go. We going back and forth, or you just want me to name my list? Uh, we'll both do four, but we'll go back and forth. Okay, cool. My four. I feel like three of these are really easy. Go ahead. Tiger Woods, no-brainer. Even though his career started a little bit before 2000. I'm putting him in here because of 2000, 2001, those early 2000 years. Number two, LeBron James. That's another no-brainer. Um, number three, Michael Phelps. And number four is my wild card. And I'm going to go Jim Calhoun, perhaps the greatest coach of this generation. I don't know how many titles he's won, but it's double digits. He's completely revolutionized women's college basketball. I'm putting Jim Calhoun on the list. All right. And uh, are you going to come out with Pat Summit? I'm going to tell you that you said Jim Calhoun, but you met Gina Oriyama. <laughs> <laughs> I met Gina Oriyama. That's, That's hilarious. A different, Leave a it in. That's a different good. UConn coach. Yeah. Yeah, I met Gino Ariama, who old man in Connecticut. Who kind of we'll looks like Jim Calhoun? No, we'll just get any like <laughs> if you look at a dictionary. What does an old white man from Connecticut look like? We'll put him on the wall. Put him on the wall. Uh, I met Gino Ariama because I, I played UC a couple years ago, and I was at a bar, and he was grumpy. Really? It be, he beat UC something like ninety to twenty. I'm like, yeah. dude, why are you so grumpy? He just uh, won by seventy points. All right. Gino, that's good. That's good. Sorry, um, I will go with Michael Phelps. Because, you know, count the medals, man. Yeah. Uh, LeBron. And then I go Tom Brady. Yeah. Because he's won five. Yeah. Which is, no one has done that. I don't know if it, has anyone won Kobe, I guess, right? Has well, won more. Indiv- Tom Brady also won, won a wife. Well, yeah, he's doing okay. <laughs> um, he's got a body that looks like a potato. Well, he's he old. The other day. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying. He you're has an kids. Athlete. And then uh, my number four is uh, Mike Trout. You know, I thought about putting a baseball player in there. Yeah. I was going to go Trout. I thought about Bonds. I thought about Clayton Kershaw. Um, but yeah, I went with, I went with Trout because I think that he, as far as athlete wise, first of all, I think he's the best 
all-around baseball player since probably 1993 Barry Bonds. Yeah. And before that, like Willie Mays. Um, and I think he could run like a 4-4-40, and I think you could put him at running back right now for the Raiders, yeah. and he could run for, yeah. Here, here are others that didn't make the list. They could have. Pujols. Okay. Um, Federer Serena. I mean, they're both. I mean, oh, Serena Williams. I'm such an idiot. One of them probably yeah. belong, Maybe both of them belong on the list. I mean, Serena dummy. just had a baby and nearly won um, yeah. Wimbledon. I mean, that's amazing, right? Serena's the answer. And she's going Gosh. through depression. It's a really crazy story. I'm such a pig. She'll be in Cincinnati next week, by the way. And then my last one, Johnny Bananas. I mean, come on. You know, I thought about putting Johnny Bananas on the list because I don't know if anyone has done more a broad <laughs> swipe of athletics <laughs> as well as... Like, I think sports psychology is huge and no one is more mentally tough than Johnny Bananas. For those of you listening that maybe aren't 15 years old, Johnny Bananas is on MTV The Challenge. He has been on, what, 24 seasons. He's yeah. won six times. Yeah. Um, he has won, like, by saying he's won, though, like, over those 10 years, he's probably won, what, $20,000? <laughs> But well, the the big one he won, which was controversial. I think he won three hundred thousand dollars. He won three hundred thousand when they were like, "You can split it with your yeah. partner. You can keep it yourself." And he said, "I'm keeping it." That was pretty great. Yeah. Uh, so he's probably. I love the challenge. I love the challenge, yeah. man. Like that's it for me. Uh, he's top ten. If you had a, if the Mount Rushmore can be expanded to the top ten, he makes the top ten. Yeah, Ovechkin. Would you put him up there or Sidney Crosby? Yes, maybe the Sid, the kid, Federer, Serena, Tiger, Phelps, Johnny Bananas. And Jim Calhoun slash Gino Arena. Yeah, and old Connecticut men. Somebody at Foxwoods right now. Maybe I can bind in my head because UConn, I mean, Calhoun has a couple titles. Maybe a, Calhoun know. has at least two, two or three. Yeah. And then Ollie won that last Ollie one. Ollie won the last one. But Gino's, yeah, Gino's got eight, I think. Yeah. It's pretty solid. Uh, man, what a really bad Mount Rushmore. If you have any more Rushmore ideas, please send them to us at IntelliCast.EMI-RS.com. Uh, Brian, any uh, non-research rant of the week you want to give? I can do a non-research rant. Do it. I'm a recent cord cutter. Are you, you are. Are you a cord cutter? You have direct TV, I think. Right? Um, uh, I might as well be a cord cutter. I have uh, Fioptics, yeah, that, I've which is that. like DIY TV, basically. Yeah, I hated it. It sucks. Um, but I was a long-time direct TV subscriber and kind of a TV enthusiast and I cut it and I did and now but I'm a cord cutter but here's the things that I have I have Amazon Prime I have Hulu I have Netflix I have YouTube TV which is oh, pretty man. cool yeah um, so I mean I have like six different things and my rant is about like I have to switch like to different I have a Roku of an Apple TV I have to switch from device and inputs on a TV and there's no master guide like how has no one invented a master guide? It's wild. Why? Okay. Like I like I wanted to what watch is? Bachelor in Paradise, for example. Is it on Hulu? I don't know. Is it on YouTube TV? Do I get that channel? Can I can I stream it? Why isn't ESPN the same channel no matter what you're watching? On? Right. Like ESPN is channel 16. Yeah. No matter if you're watching on Directv, right. and hotels especially if you travel, you yeah. should know that ESPN is always channel 20. Bring right? bring blockchain yeah. to cable TV. Fix it because. I don't. I know, there's no. I don't know what channel anything is on anymore. If I subscribe to that channel, I don't know if I get A and E or AMC or I can watch it live or I don't even know anymore. That's my rant, and maybe that's just me trying to figure it out. But this, this somebody's got to fix a fix this for cord cutters. That when you have like six different subscriptions, like a master guide, 
Roku right. could do it. Apple TV could do it. I don't know. Or even then beyond that, like if you are Spectrum or some other yeah. big company. Add that in too. If you sold that as the value to why you shouldn't be a quarterback. Yeah. Hey, you, you have Netflix? Look. Add in Netflix. Right. Boom. Add it in. And guess what? We know what all the channel numbers are. Right. Right? Exactly. This is why you pay for us. It's an added service. It's a managed service. Hey, and you can stream it and connect to your Netflix. I'm with you on that. That's not bad. Uh, good non-research rant of the week. Um, I don't have one. I feel like I got too upset earlier. Uh, so I'm just going to lay off of that. I will say, you know what? Closing thought on that while I sit here. Um, I'm not innocent in doing this in the past. Yeah. Like taking a new technology and poo-pooing on it. Yeah, like routing, for example. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I... Um, and I would, I mean, I, I've had conversations with people at Lucid about this, um, to where when they came out, like I freaked out and we, uh, I would tell all my clients like, no, it's a fad. Go ahead. Yeah. Pay for your dollar sample if you want it and stuff. And then like they start to make the improvements. They start to do things. They start doing some of the quality things that they're doing. You know, they stop some of the routing. They start to grade some of the people where people come in and you start to see like, wow, there are places for that. Not for everything. Yeah. There's places for that. Right. And I, and I felt, so I felt a little bit like, you know, Pot calling the kettle black, but um, yeah. at the same time, like I never shut anybody off. There was one thing I haven't ever told Patrick this, but it's kind of a good story. And I will next time I see him. It was like when when Lucid first came out, say like five years ago, we were doing this thing of like how to sell against it. Yeah, and so we made a cardboard cutout of Patrick's face. I don't know, and like one of us became like the expert on lucid of what they would say and you would wear the mask and it we would have like a role play of what he would say versus what someone else would say and it was great who was who patrick comer like who typically represented patrick jason scott <laughs> no longer than this you're right you're right thank goodness uh, but i think there's something like there's lessons to be learned there so again basic thing a disruptor comes along yeah people get pissed you yeah. either decide maybe this person has something to say and can help change things yeah. and go with that, which Patrick has done an unbelievable job of, of changing the industry yeah. and trying to making, making the taboo acceptable. Well, he, or yeah, he you left. say that's trash. We want nothing to do with it. Yeah. He took a lot of heat and attacks right. from all angles, right? right? Everybody was going after Fulcrum at the time and they stayed the course. They improved the technology. They continued getting those good relationships. They improved quality. They built all the things that the naysayers said were the problems. Right. And now they're a leader in the industry. I mean, yeah. they really are. It's great. All right. Let's wrap it up. Um, we've got some conferences coming up. The Insights Association Fall Meeting is September 5 through 7 here in Cincinnati. This is the GLC portion of the Insights. You know what I'm going to do right now? Hey, anybody from Canada wants to come down to Cincinnati September 5th through 7th, yeah. come down. I will buy you a beer and we'll yeah. talk about how to make things better. Yeah. How's that? Anybody, come on down, Toronto. Anybody in Ontario. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole, open up to the whole province. It's despondent. Yeah. Hamilton. Come on down. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you live in the States, if you live in a border city. Windsor. Yeah. We'll, we'll take Rochester, New York. Basically Canada. <laughs> um, and Upers. Upers from Michigan. Come on down. Upers yeah, can come down. Hey, by the way, we're Minneapolis. Doing a, we're doing a scavenger hunt. We're going to scav it up. Yep. And so we can get you into the scavenger hunt. There's prizes involved. It'll be lots of fun. So come on down. Come on down to Cincinnati. See what a real city looks like. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, but uh, that is September 5th through 7th. A great lineup of speakers. Um, Cincinnati and the GLC always does a great job of not just getting speakers to talk about how they apply market research, but having market research in the city. So there will be a ton of people from 
the Convergences, Nielsen, Burke, Directions, all those type of people here. Market Vision. Um, also in Cincinnati coming up September 22nd is the AMA Ignite event. And this is something that you're very, uh, very much loyal to, right? Yeah. So I'm on the planning board, which was a, a lot of work. Um, and yes, I'll be speaking there talking about smartphone addiction with teenagers. I'll be co-presenting. I'm really the, the second, I'm not the primary speaker of this. I'm just there to support. You're the face. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but we're talking about smartphone <laughs> addiction, which is kind of cool. Um, it's awesome speakers. We have Chick-fil-A there and Wells Fargo talking about customer experience. Wow. So I would, I mean, it's, it's some good speakers for a little small regional conference. Man. I would also invite the Canadians down for this as well. Yeah. That's a lot for them though. Like, I mean, you think that like, you have to, it, what is it? Three days via horse from. <laughs> To get to Cincinnati then, and then you got to turn around right back. You probably need another horse. It's going to be tired to get back to Cincinnati the 22nd. Right. That's a lot, man. Right. Yeah. If you sleep in the, if you sleep in the Conestoga. And that's, that's assuming the Ontario people. Right. The, the mainland Iowa, the Des Moines, Des Moines of <laughs> Iowa, uh, the Des Moines of Canada. I don't know how many days. That's like seven days by horse. Uh, you know, I don't think they have horses. I think they take polar bear. <laughs> Donkeys? Wolverine. Badger. We have a team Sleds. of badgers leading a sled. They probably have sled dogs that won't work in September in the States. <laughs> like this is, it's summertime. What is this heat? Where's the snow? I've never known the color green before. All right. That does it for this episode of IntelliCast. You can reach us, as always, at IntelliCast at EMI-RS.com. EMI on Twitter, EMI underscore research. IntelliCast on Twitter is IntelliCast1. My own personal Twitter, Adam Jolly, J-O-L-L-E-Y. And that does it for this episode of twenty of number 26. Next week is episode 27. We have a special guest, yes. someone who's very near and dear to me, yeah. someone who may or may not be responsible for my well-being. There'll be some hugging and crying maybe in the next podcast. I've never thought that I would interview my dad. <laughs> Here we are. Uh, no, next week's guest is Dr. Aaron Levin from NKU, who I've talked about before. Got me the job at EMI, helped shape what EMI is, helped shape me, helped shape a lot of market research in Cincinnati. I think he's in char- he's been involved with hiring over 100 yeah. market researchers in the city, so it should be, should be pretty good. Um, that does it for me. Anything to close up? Nope. Awesome. Have a great week, everybody. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.